Amen. Well, let's open our Bibles this evening to uh, Luke's Gospel again. They ought to just fall right open. You ought to walk in on Wednesday night and they just fall open to Luke 11, Luke chapter 11. And we, um, we are, have for the last few weeks been talking about the Lord's Prayer or the pattern of prayer, the model prayer that Jesus gave to His disciples and gave to us um, to help us in our prayer life. And in Luke chapter 11... You're familiar with that, that the disciples came uh, to the Lord and they they had a request and they said, Lord, teach us to pray. And as as John taught his disciples. And so in response to that, Jesus gave to the disciples what we refer to as the Lord's Prayer. As I've said, I think it would probably be better titled the Disciples' Prayer because it was given to the disciples and to us as His disciples as a pattern to help us to pray. And in this prayer, Jesus gives six topics and uh, six prayer topics that we are to pray through to help us to know um, what different areas to pray while we are in prayer. Because I know a lot of times, you know, if you're like me, we'll go to prayer and and in five minutes, we've prayed all we know to pray. We, can't, we would think, well, Lord, I don't know what else to say. But here Jesus gives us an outline of, um, of some topics to pray about when we're praying and to follow when we're in prayer. This prayer is not, as I've said before, it's not to be just uh, a prayer that's recited uh, from memory or just to be read, but it's uh, actually an outline to be prayed through. So that's what we've been talking about for the past uh, four weeks. I think this is probably the fifth week that we'll be talking about the Lord's Prayer, and we'll be finishing that up possibly next week. Um, So uh, Jesus gave the prayer in Luke chapter 11, but I want to read it to you from Matthew chapter 6 because He gave the same uh, prayer outline, the same model prayer in in Matthew chapter 6. And Jesus said there in verse 9, after this manner, in Matthew chapter 6 and verse 9, After this manner, therefore, pray ye, our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Now we've talked about, first of all, that uh, we address the Father. God is our Father. So Jesus is, is speaking here of a relationship. Prayer involves a relationship with the Father. We are His sons and daughters. So, because of that, we have the right and the privilege to come into the Holy of Holies, into the presence of the Lord, and commune with Him, and fellowship with Him, and talk to Him, and have Him talk to us. Because He's our Father. Amen? We're His kids. All right? We're His family. So we address Him as our Father in heaven, and then the... Then the first area of prayer is, Hallowed be thy name, which, as we said, we come before the presence of God with worship, with praise and adoration. The word hallowed means to adore, to praise, to set apart. So we come into the presence of God not just rushing in with our petitions, not just rushing in with our requests, 
Not just rushing in and saying, I need this and this and this and this. And there are times in emergencies where we do go to the Lord. We don't have, to go, we don't have time to go through a certain protocol, but we just go to the Lord and say, I need some help, Lord. I need this. I need an answer now. And, uh, but on a day-to-day basis, the proper protocol to come into God's presence is to come to Him as our Father and, 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 and as His children, but to come before Him, first of all, with worship and with thanksgiving and with praise. To spend some time loving Him, thanking Him, praising Him, adoring Him, exalting His name. Amen? And there's sometimes that's all I'll get done. The Holy Ghost will get to moving. The Spirit of the Lord will just come down on me in my prayer room and I'll just worship and praise Him. Amen? So it begins with praise. And uh, then He said to pray. The next topic was, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, as it is in earth, uh, as it is in heaven. So we're establishing there our priorities. We're praying for God's kingdom to come, to rule and reign in our hearts and lives. We are in the kingdom of God, right? The kingdom of God is in us. So we're praying and getting our priorities right and setting God first and seeking God first and seeking the kingdom of God first and seeking the will of God for our lives for that particular day. I want God's will to be done every day in my life. How about you? I don't want my own will. I want to be led by the Holy Spirit. I want God to direct my steps. And I want His will done in my life. God's got a will for you. And so does the enemy. And uh, you know, and so do you. But I, I want my will to be lost in God's will. And I want God's will to be done in my life and not the devil's will. Can I get an Amen. Praise God. So we establish the kingdom in our hearts and lives. And it's in that area of prayer, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven, that we pray the will of God for ourselves, for our, 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 uh, our wife, our children, our family members. We pray for the will of God for our... We pray for our church. We pray for the people in our church. We pray for our leadership in our church. We pray for our nation and for our leaders, all right? In that, in that particular area of prayer, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done, that's where we do a lot of intercession and praying for other people as well as ourselves. And I made that statement and said, you got to pray for yourself because if you don't pray for yourself, somebody else may not. They may forget. Other people might forget to pray for you. But you got to pray. <laughs> you got to pray for yourself. Pray for your spouse if you have one. Pray for your children, your family. Amen. Pray for me. Pray for Pastor Rick every day. Lift me up in prayer. I need prayer. And if my wife was in here, she'd be shouting amen. Is she in here? No. All right. <laughs> And then last week we talked about verse 11. The next part of that prayer is where we pray in, uh, we appropriate God's provision for our life. And that's where he says, give us this day our daily bread. And uh, that is, uh, now we've come to the place where we ask God for our daily provision, for our daily material needs to be met and our financial needs to be met and our spiritual needs to be met, all of our needs are included in that, that part of the prayer. God wants us to have what we need in this life to make it through and to do His will. Amen. 
David said, I've been young and now I'm old and I've not seen the righteous forsaken and neither have I saw his seed begging for bread. So uh, we have to come to God realizing he is our provider and he wants to supply our needs. And everything that you need and everything that I need, everything we need in this life that pertains to life and godliness has already been provided by the Lord Jesus Christ through Calvary and His death, burial, and resurrection. Everything we need is in Him and in what He did at the cross. Are you with me today? All of our provision is in Christ. Woo! We are complete in Him and everything we need is in Him. I can't say that enough. we got to believe that, church. Oh, hallelujah. I'm about to get happy here tonight already. But we, we are appropriating Give us this daily bread. We are appropriating the provision that God has provided for us through the Lord Jesus Christ. And now tonight, uh, we want to talk about this, uh, this next aspect of prayer, which is in verse number 12. And uh, are you there in Matthew 6, verse 12? And this is an important part of our prayer time and of our prayer life. He says, and forgive us our debts. Luke says in Luke 11, 4, at Luke 11, he said, forgive us our sins. And uh, so what he's referring to here uh, is when he refers to, when he speaks of forgiving us our debts, he's talking about us being forgiven, asking for forgiveness of our sins. If we have sinned for us to get forgiveness of our sins, thank God He's there to forgive us. Amen. And so this is a part of prayer. And forgive us our debts or our sins as we forgive our debtors or as we forgive those who have sinned against us and those who have trespassed against us. And then jump down to verse 14. Jesus adds a little addendum here to this part of the prayer. In verse 14 of Matthew 6, he said, For if we forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. That's some pretty heavy stuff right there. Amen. He said that our forgiveness is predicated on how we forgive one another, how we forgive others. So here we are in this aspect of the Lord's Prayer, and that is, and I, th th this part of the Lord's Prayer is how to get along with everybody. Amen. <laughs> how, to get, how, to just, how to get along with everybody. Forgive us our debts, our sins, as we forgive our debtors. Now, I think every one of us here in this service tonight have had at one time or another, someone has wronged you. All right? I, I would probably be safe in saying that 100% of all, every one of us in here has at one time someone has offended you or sinned against you or wronged you, trespassed against you, hurt you in some way. Jesus said uh, in one place, he said that, it, that offenses are going to come. He said it's impossible that offenses, that, that they, that they will, will not come. They're, they're going to be there. People are going to hurt our feelings and uh, do things against us. And uh, so we've all 
we've all been down that road and we've all had a little piece of that of that pie, so to speak, where someone has hurt us. Maybe they've said some bad things about us. Maybe they've said some things about us that were not true and uh, tried to ruin our reputation, tried to assassinate our character. Um, Whatever the case, um, we've all experienced that. So having experienced that, um, we know what it feels like. That offenses will come. And not only have we experienced it in the past, I think I'd be safe in saying that, that in the future, somewhere along the line, someone, you're going to have the opportunity, you're going to have the opportunity to be offended. You're going to have the opportunity to, to take offense and, uh, and to get mad at somebody and to hold a grudge and all that. How many of y'all were here? I don't know how many were, were here um, back a few years ago and I taught the bait of Satan back in the adult Sunday school class for 13 weeks. And uh, man, it was, it was life changing. But uh, if you have never read that book, I would, I would recommend that. We may go through and do that again maybe on a Wednesday night and teach that again. But, uh, but offenses are going to come. And so we need to learn to forgive. And that's why it's important that we learn as Christians how to forgive other people, how to forgive one another. Because listen, I believe that that's a part of our spiritual growth. We are in the process of growing spiritually. None of us uh, tonight have reached that state of perfection or spiritual maturity yet. We're all on different levels of maturity, but we're all still growing. And so part of our learning process and our spiritual growth process is learning how to forgive one another. And it's so important because our relationship with, with our fellow man Our relationship with each other will have a bearing and will affect our relationship with God because we can't be out of fellowship with one another and stay in fellowship with God. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now this, you know, we're getting down where the rubber meets the road tonight. And, and, I, and I, the last series we did on prayer, we talked about this forgiveness issue. But it's something I think that has to be, um, has to be repeated and pre- taught again. You know, Jesus taught the same things over and over and over. Because you learn by, by repetition. But, but, but it will affect us. See, God will not extend mercy to those who refuse to forgive others. If we want the mercy of God extended to us, then we have to be willing to forgive. So, if, so this is going to be a little time of introspection and self-examination tonight for us to kindly search our hearts. And if you can think, if there's anybody tonight that while we're teaching, ministering, that comes to your mind, that when you think of them, you just get a kind of a bad feeling or a dark cloud comes over you when you think of that person or you really wish that something bad would happen to them. Well, you know, and I hope and pray nobody hears like that tonight, but if you are in that, uh, in that category, then you probably need, have some areas of forgiveness to work on. Come on, somebody. And so we need to forgive one another. And I just want to say, listen, we, some people think that forgiveness is a feeling, that you're just going to feel all lovely and bubbly. But, but, but forgiveness is not a feeling. Forgiveness is an act of your will. It's something that you do as an act of your will by faith to forgive those who have, have wronged you and let them go and turn them loose and let God deal with them. Come on, somebody. Amen.
So, um, so God uses those who sin against us a lot of times to teach us how to love and how to forgive. Now, God doesn't cause people to do you wrong. But God will use those situations as, a, as an area of training and spiritual development to teach you and I how to forgive one another and how to love one another and how to uh, live uh, in a way where we're not walking around with our feelings on our shoulders and just daring somebody to knock them off. Come on, somebody. You notice I'm staying up here behind the bulletproof screen tonight. <laughs> Amen. Oh, hallelujah. But forgiveness is an important key to our walk with the Lord in our spiritual liberty and victory and our joy and everything that, that we are in Christ depends upon how we forgive others and how we walk in that forgiveness. Now, uh, we want to come to that place where we and we should be in that place where we can get along with everybody all the time. I'm going to say that again. As believers, as Christians, because it didn't go over too good, so I'm going to say it again. As believers, we should be in the place where we can get along with everybody all the time. As much as lies in you, Paul said, strive, do whatever you can to be at peace with one another. Amen. we got to be at peace. As much as lies in you, as much as, as you can do, as, as it would be possible with you. It's not always possible because... Because the, the other party sometimes doesn't accept our forgiveness or whatever. But as much as lies within you, do everything you can to endeavor to walk in harmony, walk in love, live in peace, forgive one another, and never, never, never hold a grudge, but get along with everybody. Come on, amen. Get along with everybody. So there's something here. Number one, number one, listen. Jesus is teaching here, number one, in prayer, we have to ask God to forgive us if we've sinned. Forgive us our debt. So the first area you have to deal with and I have to deal with is we have to deal with our own personal sins. Now when you pray, forgive us our debts, you're asking God to uh, examine you and look into your heart. And I think this is a, you know, we, we, this, is, this is a time of, of self-examination and introspection that I think would be good for us to do uh, every day when we get in the presence of the Lord and ask the Holy Spirit to shine His searchlight on us. And if there's any, anything in our heart that we have done or anything that's displeasing to Him, any sin that we have failed that we have failed to, to confess to the Lord or to repent of that God would show us what it is. Do you, how many believes God will do that? And then, then, you know, if there is an unconfessed sin there, the Holy Spirit will put His finger on it and He'll cause it to surface. And do you know many times in prayer you won't even have to get to that place where you ask Him because many times as you're worshiping Him and you're thanking Him for the blood of Jesus and you're thanking Him for saving you, there's a lot of times while you're just worshiping Him, He may bring something to your mind and say, well, you know, you need to deal with this. But if you and I will be sensitive to the Holy Spirit, He'll show us if there's something in our heart and life that is displeasing to the Lord, if we've done something wrong. Now, He won't condemn us, but He will, he will convict us lovingly and show us that it needs to be dealt with and taken care of. And according to the Bible, according to the Word of God, 
if we have sinned as a believer, as a child of God, if we've done something wrong, we will know it and we need to ask God to forgive us of that. That sin needs to be confessed. And I know there's a group today that says Christians do not have to confess any sins. You just forget about it. You just ignore it and you just go on. But let me tell you something, church. You know, that's not what the Bible teaches. The Bible teaches us, John in 1 John 1 and 9, he was writing to uh, the Christians, he was writing to believers in 1 John 1 and 9, and he said, if we confess our sins, he, the Lord Jesus, is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. So here's the good news, amen. Are we supposed to sin? No. Can we live free from sin? Yes. Do we sometimes still sin? Yes, unfortunately we do. None of us have been uh, totally, completely sanctified and that won't happen until the trumpet sounds and we've got the glorified body. But when you do fail, when you do miss it, when you do mess up, thank God we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ the righteous, and if we confess it to Him, He will wash it away and forgive us, hallelujah, and restore us to that, that right standing and that place of righteousness with God. Amen? David said this in Psalm 32, he said in verse 5, he said, I acknowledged my sin unto thee, and mine iniquity have I not hid. I said, I will confess my transgressions unto the Lord, and thou forgavest the iniquity of my sin. He is faithful to forgive us. He is faithful to cleanse us. He is faithful to wash us. Thanks be unto God. Amen? I'm glad we've got that verse of Scripture in there. Some people almost wear it out. 1 John 1 and 9. But I'm glad that you shouldn't try to wear it out, but I'm glad it's there when we need it. Are you with me? So if the Holy Spirit reveals sin in our heart, then we must confess it to the Lord. Deal with our sin. That's this part of the prayer where He said, Forgive us of our sins. Forgive us, Lord. Confess means, that word confess means to agree with. It means to speak the same thing. So what we're actually doing is we're agreeing with what God has said about our sin and we're willing then to turn away from it and, 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 uh, and forsake it. That's what, that's what the Bible said. He who covers his sin, Proverbs 28 said, He who covers his sin will not prosper. But whosoever confesses and forsakes them shall have mercy. So confession includes repentance and forsaking that sin. Amen? Amen? Believing God to help us to overcome it. Praise God. So uh, we agree with God about what um, His Word says about our sin. If we've told a lie, we go to the Lord and we say to the Lord, Your Word condemns lying. Your word says that we're not to bear false witness. I've, I've broken your commandment. I've, I've sinned against you and I ask you to forgive me and to help me, Lord, to never tell another lie or another untruth as long as I live. By your grace, help me to overcome that sin. Are you following what I'm saying? And that would go for any sin that any Christian would commit. Thank God that if we confess them, He'll forgive us. And then we can walk in the light as He is in the light. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us constantly of all of our sins. 
Hallelujah. So don't, so, but you know, listen, don't, don't allow condemnation to come in. Don't allow the devil to use that when you sin. So, well, you know, pretty looking thing you are. If you was really a Christian, you wouldn't do that. Christians don't do that. Well, you just confess and, you know, ask for forgiveness and the Lord will forgive you. And don't allow the enemy then to put you on a long guilt trip because Jesus has, listen, as soon as you confess that sin, Jesus washes it away. Do you know what? He has no more remembrance of it. It's gone then. It's, it's completely, totally gone as if it had never happened. All that's shouting ground tonight. Amen? So, so he says, forgive us our debts. And that word, that term debts includes more than our sins, but it also refers to our personal relationship with others. Dealing with the sins against others or others' sins against us. And so it brings us then to the second point that Jesus made in this area of prayer, and that is how to get along, how we must get along with others at all times. And so the second point here, after we've asked Him to forgive us, is that we must forgive as often as we want to be forgiven. Now you need to write this down. I'm going to say it again. We must forgive... Um, as often as we want to be forgiven. How many want to be forgiven when you've done something wrong and when you confess your sin? So if you want to be forgiven and I want to be forgiven, if I want God to show me mercy, then I have to be merciful as well, and so do you, and we have to show that forgiveness to those who trespass against us. So Jesus includes that in the model prayer. And then uh, he said, notice what he said there in the 14th and 15th verses. And this is how important this is. Of, of Matthew chapter 6, he said, For if we forgive men their trespasses, or if ye, let me say it right, if ye forgive men their trespasses, your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But... If you forgive not men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive you your trespasses. So that's how important this verse of Scripture is, that we must forgive as often as we want God to forgive us. So that means if we want God to forgive us every time we need forgiveness, then we have to forgive others every time they need to be forgiven. Oh, I'm, praise God. I, I tell you what, we're getting it. We're getting that now. We're growing tonight. Amen. I won't go into detail on this, but you can read it when you get home. We, we, we went through it a few weeks back, but in Matthew chapter 18, Jesus, uh, Peter asked a question of Jesus about how many times he needed to forgive somebody. And, uh, you know, he said, I think I can go seven. <laughs> I think we can do seven, Lord. Seven's the number of completion. I think after they hit that, and it's all over then, that's it. In other words, Peter was saying, I'm keeping a list. I'm checking things off. Okay, that's one. 
That's one. All right. Oh, you did it twice. Oh, oh you, got, you got a few. But seven, I might be able, and I'm stretching it to go seven. But Jesus told Peter, we all know what he said. Then he said, no, Peter, it's not seven times, but it's 70 times seven. That's 490 times. That's 490 times in one day. Was he teaching to, to check it off, get you a list, and put a, a, a number it up to 490 and check it off every time? No, no, no. But what he was saying was 70 times 7 would be an unlimited forgiveness. If we want God to forgive us unlimitedly, then we have to show the same kind of forgiveness to others. And that's what Jesus was teaching was unlimited forgiveness because that's how many times he forgives us us. There will never be a time child of God, listen, that you go to the Lord and ask forgiveness and He'll shove you away and kick you away and say no. No, He died for you on Calvary. He shed His blood for you so that you can be justified, sanctified, purified and washed and cleansed from all sin. Amen. He will not deny. Amen. He will not deny uh, forgiveness to anyone. That's how many times He forgives us. It's unlimited. And so Jesus went ahead there and He gave that parable of the unmerciful servant. And He talked about in that parable and taught us how that God has forgiven us a great debt. That, that one servant owed the king. He owed him uh, 10,000 talents. And so, I don't know, some, some resources say that that was $4 billion dollars. Well, anyway, what we, what we do know is that it was a debt that, was, that he was not able to pay. It was impossible for him to pay it. There's no way he could ever in his lifetime have paid the debt. But the king forgave him of the debt. He just wrote it off and he forgave him. And, and that was a type of the forgiveness that Jesus gives to us. It teaches us that we who are forgiven by the Lord Jesus Christ, uh, we, have, we have been forgiven of a debt of sin that we could never pay. The old song says, I, 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 he paid a debt he did not owe. I owed a debt I could not pay. He gave me something. Amen. He gave me that forgiveness. Hallelujah. And now I sing amazing grace. Hallelujah. Because of that great forgiveness and him, Jesus paying the debt that I could not pay. So that's what that was teaching. But then Jesus went ahead and taught that after the king forgave this man of this $4 billion debt, he's going down the street just happy-go-lucky, you know. He's just so happy that he's been forgiven of that debt. But then he finds a fellow servant of his that owes him 100 pence, which some, one commentary said is about 20 bucks. Another one said about 300 bucks. Whatever it was, it wasn't anything compared to the unpayable debt that the first servant had. It was something that he owed him, and he asked for forgiveness. He said... I can't pay you right now, but if you'll just give me some time and just forgive me, I, I, I will do that. But, but here, here we had in that parable, this servant refused to forgive his fellow servant. The one who had just been forgiven a great debt refused to forgive one that owed him a debt. And he went and had him put into prison and locked him up into prison. And, and so, you know, he made the decision not to forgive the fellow servant. And when the king heard what 
had happened, he asked that forgiven servant this, and he said this to him. Some people told him, said, you forgave him, but he won't forgive his fellow servant. And the king called him to him, and he said, I forgave you this big debt. Should, should not you also have had compassion on your fellow servant, even as, even as I had pity on you? See, this tells us right here that we are to forgive at the same level that we have been forgiven. There's nothing anybody can do to you that can ever amount to the debt of sin that you owed to the Lord Jesus Christ when he blotted it out at Calvary. Come on. Amen. Hallelujah. This is, this is so important to our life. If you've got trouble forgiving, if you have trouble letting go of past hurts, if you have trouble of, of, of putting that stuff aside and forgiving those that, that have wronged you, then you need a fresh revelation of Calvary. You need a fresh revelation of the cross. You need a fresh revelation of what Jesus did for you when he hung there on that cross and took your place and took your sin and took your judgment and took your condemnation to set you free by the blood that he shed at the cross. You need a fresh and a new revelation of that. Amen? You need to understand. I mean, we get mad at people and we blow up and we won't talk to them and we won't want, want to be around them. I'm telling you what, we better, you know, this is the part of revival where the church has got to pray through. This is the part of revival, see, where, 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 where he said, if my people will turn from their wicked ways. And people say, well, we're not committing adultery. We're not committing fornication. We're not drinking or gambling or doing all that. I'm telling you, when we come and sit in a church with unforgiveness, and bitterness in our heart. We need to pray through and repent. We're not right with God. Hallelujah. This will get us ready for revival or a riot, one or the other. Psalm 103, he tells us there about our forgiveness and our redemption and how the Lord deals with us. Concerning our sin. In Psalm 103, 8, he said, The Lord is merciful and gracious. And you and I better be glad He is. Woo! We don't want to sit here thinking, Oh, but I'm something special. We're all in the same mess. But the Lord is merciful and gracious. You better be glad of this next one. He's slow to anger. And plenteous in mercy. The margin of that, of my Bible says great of mercy, plenteous. I like the word plenteous. Amen. Plenteous. In other words, there's more mercy than you need. He's got it. Come on. He will not always chide. You know what that means? He'll not always come to us and say, you dirty rotten thing. You, you know, you're just, you're no good. I can't stand you. He won't chide with us. Neither will he keep his anger forever. Thank the Lord. Because I know there's been some times in my, in my life, in my past, I know the Lord's been pretty mad at me. But I'm glad that he will not keep his anger forever. He has not dealt with us after our sins, nor rewarded us according to our iniquities. For as the heaven is high above the earth, so great is the, his mercy toward them that fear him. 
as far as the east is from the west. So far has he removed our transgressions from us. Hallelujah, we're free tonight by the blood of the Lord. Thank God for his mercy and thank God for his grace and thank God for his redemption through the blood of Jesus Christ that he's not angry with us anymore, but he loves us. We sang songs tonight over and over and over. How he loves us, how he loves us. He loves you tonight. He's not angry with you, he loves you. Woo, praise God. Amen. Oh, the king's anger toward that unforgiving servant was, he, he was angry toward him when he, the, the man who had been forgiven the un payable debt then would not forgive his fellow servant and the king representing the Lord was angry with him because he wouldn't forgive not because he was in sexual perversion not because he was involved uh, in, in drugs or alcohol but because he would not forgive Someone that asks for his forgiveness. We're dealing with serious stuff. This is serious. The king was angry toward that unforgiving servant. And the Bible said in Matthew 18, 34 that he delivered that servant to the tormentors. Which represents demon spirits. Do you know what that's saying? It's saying that if we harbor unforgiveness in our heart, we open ourselves up to demonic, to demonic oppression, to demonic torment, for demons to, to control, to, to come in and torment our lives. We open ourselves up to sickness. We open ourselves up to all kinds of things because we do not have the protection now. Because why? Because we've, reject, we've rejected. We, we, we have, have spurned God's mercy because we won't show mercy. So therefore, our, 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 we're, we're open up to whatever the enemy wants to do in our lives. We have, we've stepped outside of the protective hedge of God. And God has allowed it to happen. Why? Because He he said, if you don't forgive others, your heavenly Father won't forgive you. And you've stepped out from under the protection of God. That's why I'm telling you tonight, church, we've got to walk in love. We've got to get along with everybody. We've got to have forgiveness and mercy and compassion toward one another because we're all flawed human beings. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. If you do not forgive others, you'll live in torment and demonic oppression until you release that person and forgive them. I'm not going to go through the story again, but I told you about the, the lady that was, was oppressed and, and, and by demon spirits and, and down in Scott City in a revival I was preaching. It came to the pastor, and, and the first thing the pastor asked her, we took her in a room, in, the, in a back room to minister to her, and, and the first thing he asked her was, is there anybody that you're harboring uh, unforgiveness? And she immediately began to weep, and yes, there was someone. And you know what? As soon as she repented of that, as soon as we led her in prayer and she released those individuals and she forgave them right there on the spot, do you know what happened? Immediately that tormenting spirit left her. She was delivered immediately and set free. She wasn't held in bondage anymore. That's how important this is what I'm talking to you about tonight. 
if we don't forgive others, we put ourselves in a, in a, in a prison of our own making, in a do-it-yourself dungeon, so to speak. And if sickness comes, we can have the greatest faith preachers, the greatest deliverance ministers to pray for us. We can be anointed with oil, five-gallon buckets of oil poured on our head. And we can pray and be prayed for. But I'm going to tell you, we will still remain in that bondage and will not be set free until we choose to let go of that offense and forgive those who have wronged us. We've got to maintain a right attitude toward others. I said we've got to maintain that right attitude, and that's the third thing. And let me close with this, but in Colossians chapter 3, in verse number 13, he says this, Paul said, Forbearing one another, that means being patient with one another. That means putting up with one another. That means not just, you know, being so quick to fly off the handle and get mad, throw a fit, kick them out forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any, what do you do if you've got a quarrel against somebody? You, you've seen people get mad and quarrel and argue and fuss and fume and then, then, you know, no forgiveness. They just won't speak to anybody anymore. They won't speak to that person anymore. Husbands and wives get in that sometimes. Boy, I, I got to quit now, don't I? Blow up, you know, and not talk for days and days. That's what this, that's what this verse is saying. You forbear with one another. You forgive one another. You, if you have a quarrel with somebody, whether it's your spouse or whether it's somebody in the church or whoever it may be, if you've got a quarrel with somebody, what do you do? You forgive them even as Christ forgave you, so you also forgive. And above all these, he said, put on charity. That's agape love. That's the love of Jesus. Put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Amen? See the key to right attitude and this is having that right attitude all day every day with everything that comes our way. And the key to having that right attitude is being right and being prepared. See you listen to me saints. You cannot wait until the hot breath of the enemy is steaming up your glasses before you decide how you're going to react and whether or not you you know what you're going to do in that situation. You've got to make that plan and pray that thing through ahead of time. And that's why Jesus is telling us that every day, every day as we pray through this prayer pattern that we pray Lord forgive me as I forgive others and help me today no matter what I come across, no matter what situation I'm called upon to face that I will walk in love and be quick to forgive and walk as you would have me to walk. Amen. And love as you would have me to love. Are you with me? Hallelujah. You can't wait until that moment. See, each morning in prayer, you need to make that decision. Or whenever you pray, which I would, I would say morning's the best for me. Some people that don't work out that way, but do have a time to pray. But when you have that prayer time every day, um, make that decision in prayer that you're going to respond with love, that you're going to respond with forgiveness to those who offend you. By the help of the Holy Spirit in you, decide that you will not allow unforgiveness to rob you of, of your joy and your peace and your, 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 your victory in your life, that you're going to make that, that decision that you will forgive and walk in love and get along with everybody no matter what they say or what they do to you. Can I get a, pray, a, a hand clap for the Lord today? 
Amen, amen, amen. Woo, worship team, make your way back. I'm, let, me give you, let me give you just a few little points here. And I'm not going to preach on them. I'm just going to give them to you. The mistakes we make when we get offended, here's what we do. First off, if, if somebody offends us, the first thing, we curse it. How do we curse it? We curse it by muttering and murmuring it over to ourselves. What do you mean by that, Brother Rick? Well, what we do is we sit around and we, we just mutter to ourselves. Well, who do they think they are? What, how do they get off talking to me like that? Why? I don't know who they think. I, I don't have to put up with that. I tell you, I will not. I am not going to put up with somebody talking to me like that. And so the devil can get you just cursing it and mur murmuring it over and over and over. Then after you curse it, you begin to nurse it. And when you start nursing it, that's when you let that offense curl up in your lap. And you begin to coddle it, and you begin to pet it, and you begin to feed it, and you begin to think about it. And then the thing begins to grow, and it begins to grow, and it gets bigger and bigger. And so once you've cursed it and then nursed it, then you begin to rehearse it. And when you rehearse it, it's when you play it over and over in your mind. And you begin to magnify the injury. You begin to think on what action you're going to take and how you're going to get even with them. And then you begin to rehearse it to everybody you talk to. When their name comes up. Yeah, but you know what they did to me? Let me tell you what they did to me. I'm telling they think they're a Christian and what they did to me. And then you begin to then you begin to rehearse it and replay it over and over and over. And it gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. But can I tell you the Bible way to do it is to just disperse it and give it to God and confess it and forsake it and let him forgive and let him cleanse. Come on. Hallelujah. Let God reverse it. And if you give it to the Lord, He will reverse it. He will turn it around. And that which would be a tombstone in your life can turn out to be a stepping stone to victory if we will pray the prayer and forgive and love everybody. Come on, amen. Woo! When you, when you forgive, you release that person you release them to the Lord, that person that's offended you, and you drop the offense and you let it go and you give it up, and you give up your right, you give up your right to get even. You give up your right to have revenge. And you give it to the Lord, and you make up your mind, I forgive them and I will suffer the consequences myself of what they've done to me or said to me and I will let them off my hook. And they may be off your hook, but they're not off God's hook. You leave them in the hands of the Lord. And in time, God will, God will exonerate you. God will honor you. God will vindicate you. And God will deal with the one who did you wrong. Vengeance is not yours. Vengeance is the Lord's. You do not avenge yourselves, Paul said, but give it to God and then hit the... Listen, I know people are saying, I've, I'm, I'm, I know vengeance is God's, but he's too slow. <laughs> I need to speed this thing up a little bit. Hurry up, Lord. But, but, but you know, the, 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 the mills of God grind exceeding slow, the old saying is. But they, they, they grind slow, but they grind exceedingly fine as well. 
God, listen, God will honor you. He will vindicate you. He will bless you. Amen. You can't defend yourself against somebody else's lie. You can't defend yourself against somebody else's uh, character assassination against you. Amen. You don't, you don't have to. Jesus knows what's right. He knows where you're at. He loves you, and he's going to take care of the whole thing. But don't allow the devil to get you into unforgiveness. This has got to be a part of our prayer life every day. Forgive me of my sins as I forgive those who have trusted passed against me. Let's stand, let's stand, let's stand.